Welcome to the Goracom podcast, where investors discover great small cap companies. Thank you for taking Agoracom with you and make sure to follow our podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives after they put out important news. Today, it's not important news, it's record breaking news. And Andrew Morton, the CEO of Bloom Health Partners, is going to be talking to us about it. The company trades in Canada under BLMH for friends in the US, BLMHF. For those of you who the story, I'm the number that the numbers do all the talking. One sentence first, the company is a trusted leading provider of operational health and health technology to Fortune 500 companies, Hollywood productions, and major events, and more than just lip service because small caps like to talk. Here are the numbers. Q3, a record, $8.4 million in revenue uh, for the fiscal year 2022. So far for the nine months, 24.9. I'm going to round that up to $25 million in revenue. What's even more amazing about that is earlier this year, the company put out revenue guidance for the full year of $25 to $28 million, and then they've effectively gotten there after just three quarters and another full quarter to go. Let's talk about it. Andrew, welcome back, my friend. Hey, great to be here. Thanks, George. Always a pleasure. The results out of this world, uh, and I've never seen a company that's met its full-year guidance after just three quarters. I've never seen it on the big board, New York Stock Exchange, and these guys, and I've definitely never seen it in the small cap space. How excited should shareholders be that you just you just essentially cracked $25 million in nine months? Well, we're certainly excited. You know, it certainly doesn't happen by itself. A lot of work and hard work and effort. We definitely put the team in really hard the first couple of quarters this year. We definitely had a very strong Q1, uh, you know, certainly larger than our Q3. But that being said, we're feeling really good about the finish of the year to, at the very least, make our guidance. Uh, and when we put that out earlier in the year, we were very serious about growing it. And, you know, the right things fell in the right places over the last couple of quarters. And you, by the way, you don't have a seasonal business, right? Because you've, you've done $25 million in revenue for three quarters. So if you extrapolate that, that's basically $8.3 million per quarter. Unless there's the seasonal business where Q4 slows down. I'm expecting you know, you're going to probably surpass. That's my own words, by the way, but I would think you're probably going to surpass your guidance, it looks like anyways. Well, we feel good about being on guidance. I will say that all of our clients definitely have a little bit of slowdown themselves just because uh, it's summertime, you know, and this is the first summer everybody's mm -hmm. taking off. So there's a little bit of that going on. But having said that, it's not like we lost any clients here. So the good, the good news is the business continues, you know, and when we started this business a couple of years ago, we knew that we were getting into really, you know, at the time, very much, you know, dealing with pandemic problems. But we knew that from the very start, post-pandemic was really what the big opportunity was and continues to be because post-pandemic is all about keeping companies operating. And the longer term is to make it less and less neat seasonal and more of a smoothed out curve where you'll see each quarter being even as we've kind of grown our business. You know, you launch these things quickly and, and, and really exciting things happen. As you grow the business, it starts to smooth out. Yeah, so essentially what you're saying is it's not going to be stops and starts like a contract with George Calm that expires and a contract. It's more just becoming that trusted arm of Fortune 500 companies and film and TV productions, events, where you're just built into the business year round, right? 
Well, that, that's the whole point of operational health. You know, the whole point of operational health is that we keep organizations operating it. You know, we did, we did it through some hard times in testing. We still have testing contracts. Now, I mentioned this before, the Texas contract, for example, is continuing for another full year, which is kind of amazing. Although longer term, it's more about health services. And, and that's that evolution that we're now moving towards, which is really exciting because everybody we, we built trust in the last couple of years has come back to us and said, and these are some big logos. If you look uh, look at some of our announcements from the past, They've all said, hey, we have a lot of other problems much larger than COVID. In fact, COVID has really left behind you know, a population base that where, where either they're not going to work, which means employers have to compete to get employees, or yep. at the very least, they're more in tune with their health. So now all of our clients have said to us, what, what else can you offer us? How can you help us stay open now? Because the next five, 10 years don't look too good if we don't do things a little differently than we did back in 2019. Yeah, so whereas... whereas operational health and health tech might have been an expense in the past. Now it's actually looked as uh, business improving, right? Being able to attract the right talent, being able to keep people at work better. So it's, you're actually turning into, I don't want to call it a profit center, but mm -hmm. it's a it's a much bigger part than just, okay, George, you cut your finger, go see Andrew over there and get a Band-Aid. Uh, it's really about a really comprehensive solution to keep George healthy for the next five or 10 years while he's working at, Fortune 500 com. Well, absolutely, George. And operational health is a term that we've come up with. And it's about exactly what you just said, keeping a company operating, you know, being really having health as a function of running the business, You're really being ingrained inside somebody's organization, whether it be film and TV productions, Fortune 500 manufacturing, any of the kinds of customers we talk about. If you look at a couple of years ago, what that really was, was what was always called occupational health. And it always had its place, but it was more about reactive care. But traditionally, you know, healthcare has always been from the neck down and reactive. Well, now total yeah. engagement of the employee is what's going to be needed to get us past what we're calling a giant employee shortage. At the very least, the big problem that employers have across the board, and this is across the U.S. and here in Canada as well, is that there's a giant, there's a giant shortage of employees. You know, so where did they all go the last couple of years? Well, a million died in the United States. It's unfortunately very real and quite a serious thing. Also, all the baby boomers have essentially retired. So that means another huge population is gone. My generation, and I think we're close to the same vintage here, George, Gen X, we'll call, our, call ourselves. We're kind of a small generation. And then you've got now millennial and you've got Gen Z or Gen Z here in Canada. And that Gen Z and, and millennial, they're either fragmented and small like we are, which is very real. But then there's also a big segment of that population that's still learning how to join the workforce. So as an employer, what are you going to do to get all those people to replace the Gen X age people, you know, ourselves and probably a little bit older than us, kind of you know, closer to mid 50s and up because we're both in the lower, in the lower end of that. Thank goodness. You know, that the that, that higher end, you know, a lot of those folks at that age group are the machinists. They're the folks who know how to fix specific things in a company, that kind of thing. They're aging. And if you got to keep those folks healthy until that next generation can take their place. So how are you going to do both those things? And the workplace health is going to be the thing that's going to get us there. Yeah, because people realize, hey, I'm, I may not get paid a million dollars to work at Georgecom, but man, my health is worth a million dollars, worth $10 million. So if Georgecom, my, my employer can keep me healthier, monitor me, maintain me, that's worth its weight in gold. So that's, that's the massive opportunity that you guys are now filling. And by the way, everyone should also know it was a profitable quarter, a quarter for you. You're not, you're not trading, you know, a, a dollar for five quarters. Uh, you're actually you're actually profitable. So what does that say about the pricing power you've got 
and uh, and the strength of your business. I, I think if nothing, it shows we're a trusted uh, name in what we do. You know, people have certainly we built a lot of trust around testing, and and, and they're really continuing bringing that trust back to us and what we're going forward with in the future. And what it really says is we have a good, an efficient model. But of course, in a business that's grown this quickly, you can always be more efficient when you grow this fast. So my yeah, I can only imagine, no matter what, as efficient yeah. as you've been, you, yeah. Absolutely. You know, I would not call us that, you know, we are, look, we're a pretty good machine. We built a good business uh, and we have a very strong team around us that's now geared towards this next adventure, which is being a long-term part of somebody's business as their health provider. And that's, that's the target. And we, we, we never get a no, which is the amazing thing of this. Every employer that we speak to tells us the same thing. They have a challenge, either attracting or retaining employees or both. In most cases, it's both. They have an aging population of workers. They need to keep healthy. That's a big problem. And when they look around, the traditional healthcare providers aren't really bringing this kind of thing to the table. The other component of this is something you've announced in the past called Bloom Shield, which is something we're developing to be part of that, which essentially becomes that digital tool for them to have essentially that record, that, that report that shows them at any given time what the health and welfare is of their employee base and what their risk profile is. So now as a large business owner, you know, Georgecom, you can sit there and look around across your giant enterprise, yep. 5,000, 10,000 plus employees and say, I have X number of healthy people, X number of people that are at risk. And now I can start making some smart choices to prepare for the future so I can survive the next five to 10 years until this pop, what I'll call generation gap shortens, because we really are in this bizarre gap right now. We're in a supposed recession, if we believe what we see in the news, and that's, I'll leave that to the experts to define that. At the very least, the the unemployment rates haven't really been affected by that. They're not acting like they're not acting like an inflation. No, three point six, three point seven percent, depending on the week right now in the United States, which is unheard of. Uh, that's that's somewhere around eleven million open jobs, and in Canada, we're around a million open jobs. So it's about the same. I love the idea of George Calm being able to look at a dashboard of his of his employ of his of his entire employment uh, job uh, job force as a heat map almost I, I may not be able to see individually what everyone's health mm-hmm. is but being able to see in general is my team healthy or not that alone is worth its weight in gold in terms of what bloom brings to the table right because you're able to tell george hey george if you're planning to expand you got a problem here. You got people who are older, sicker, whatever the case may be. So you may be expanding into a workforce that could be leaving you or saying, hey, George, you've got a really healthy workforce. We've done our job. We've helped move everyone along nicely. So you can go ahead and expand knowing that you're going to have more than capable staff. I mean, I've never even heard of that before, uh, but I've got to imagine Fortune 500 companies just love uh, that, that capability you bring to the table. Well, look, there's been an ongoing effort to deliver this platform for our, our clients that we're moving towards. And what's exciting about it is that they, they, they have, there's no tool like this anywhere else. So they recognize what we're getting ready to deliver to them is exactly what's needed just to figure out the odds for themselves at, at the very least. But business planning has always been a challenge around health. And there's never been this thought about health because consider this, you know, most companies have a CIO, chief information officer where they have, you know, somebody that look, looks at the networks, they look at data centers, data management, they look at you know, cybersecurity, but there's no chief medical officer in most organizations looking at the health and welfare of the employees. You know, the, the end goal for Bloom is to be that CMO or chief, actually more like a CHO, what I like to call it, which is a chief health officer for hire. So they don't have to do that, you know, so the oil company can continue on being an oil company and we can take the health component off their hands. You know, or the manufacturing company can, can continue to be do really what they're really good at, which is be a manufacturing company. And Bloom would come in and really be that 
partner to them to be that virtual chief health officer. Does this make your business inflation? The two, two big things are looming. You just said recession. Two big things are looming in our economy, inflation and potential recession, depending on how you define it. Uh, and a lot of businesses are suffering. Like let's look at Google and Snap because they're advertising models and they're suffering. But this seems like, I don't want to say it's inflation or recession proof, but man, it's pretty, it's pretty strong against those headwinds, right? This isn't well, something that you turn on and off if you're a customer. Well, a couple of things. Great, great, great question. So, so, you know, as we launched our business a couple of years ago, back in 2020, we knew at the time that if nothing, the pandemic was going to be a 9-11 event in that whatever happens on the other side of pandemic, you know, we'll never, things will never be the same. We still have pandemic, but now we're on the other side of a lockdown. We're in a little bit of a different phase. And I think we're moving towards an endemic, thank goodness. And finally, but that being said, what's, what's left behind is now a shortage of workers. So we knew there'd be something different. Now, who could have imagined this, this kind of a gap, right? Mm -hmm. So not me, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and anybody will, will, will have has the same story. I waited in an hour and a half lineup at the airport or more. Pearson, it's more like three hours these days from what I hear. You know, lining up to get a cup of coffee is, is a bit of a headache now because there's just not enough people. You know, how many times you see a restaurant where there's empty tables on the patio and there's a lineup out front because they just can't staff the place. That's everywhere, right? So the problem with that is, you know, we're, we're going to be in that situation for a little while. That shortage of workers is not necessarily at the upper end you know, where you have what we'll call the white collar workers, it's more the general everyday workers. That's, yeah. that's the gap, you know, and it's, it, and it is a problem both in the U.S. and Canada and parts of Western Europe from what we're hearing, because there's just a shortage of folks in the West. And you know what, if I may intervene, they're used to now, they, they've seen the other side, which is, I, why do I got to go work at Georgecom for 12 or $13 an hour? I can get by on, you know, uh, on, government assistance or whatever, and live like a millionaire by sitting at home watching Netflix all day. So you've got to give, you've got to give people a reason to come to work, which is, Hey, maybe we're not going to pay you like to become a millionaire, but we're going to take care of your health. Come on back to work, even bring some of your friends. And this is what we're going to be able to deliver. And that changes the decision at that point completely. Cause you could offer me another dollar an hour. I'm like, nah, I'll just stay home and watch Netflix. Well, it's more than that. How does an employer afford to just continually raise wages? You know, we, we, and, and I like yeah. to call it whack-a-mole, right? You know, okay, well, that one over there needs a little more and that one over there. Well, after a little while, you've lost your pay scales and your predictability and your cost to, to operate your business, especially if you've got a lot of employees at Georgecom. So the way to get around that is you stabilize that, you stabilize healthcare, you know, in a per location or, you know, per employee basis. In the end, it's going to be a lot less expensive than this perennial wage increase and this really chasing the, the, um, your, your competition for talent by offering an experience. And a number of people report in the U.S. and their surveys around this, you know, and I encourage anybody watching this to, to Google some of this stuff. I mean, the typical American worker we would 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 prefer health benefits over you know higher wages in many cases. Yeah, because studies around health, it's a very real thing. Your so, entire fortune. And, and the one thing we haven't talked much about is mental health. I did mention from the neck down earlier. That in itself is a, is a giant problem in the United States, especially, but here in Canada too. Before the pandemic. 34% of American workers reported they had weekly feelings of anxiety or depression. Now, post lockdown, the numbers are much higher from what we're seeing. And I'm waiting for the yeah, official. Yeah, we're seeing it all over the place. We're hearing closer to 50% or more. Yeah, that's a, it's, it's, it's sad that that's happening, but it's good to know that as a shareholder, that Bloom is there to help deliver solutions to it, right? Uh, we prefer it wasn't happening, but 
it's happening, at least you're there to deliver a solution. One, un, one immutable or irrefutable sign of growth is expansion to location. So I can talk a big game and say, yeah, Andrew, we're expanding, we're getting bigger. But I don't know, are, am I really? But in your case, you've announced new locations in Hawaii, specifically Honolulu, mm-hmm. and in Chicago. So that's a great sign of growth. Uh, what's driving you to those locations? Because they're not really your typical locations. Typically, you hear New York, L.A. Yeah, Chicago would be in the in the mix, I guess. But you know, they're not the big metropolises that you normally hear about. Why L.A.? Why Chicago and Hawaii? It seems like to me your customers are probably asking you to get there for them. Absolutely. So both of those are around specific customer opportunities, uh, specific you know, at the very beginning of it, you know, and our reason for being there and justifying it was, is testing. But that being said, that's our anchor point for that for those regions. Illinois happens to be one of the major hubs for industry. If you look at the surrounding area in Illinois, you have major production manufacturing, and that is really much like the South where we are already operate now in Dallas and Atlanta. Those are two great hubs in the southeastern U.S. All we're really missing in terms of where the population and the men, let's face it, the more manual labor, manufacturing, blue collar workers, which is really the heart of America. And that really is the heartland of you know where, where the jobs are going and where they are, especially given the, the amount of onshoring that's happening. Illinois is a great jumping point because as we get into other kinds of things for these organizations, that becomes the hub. And it's easy to get stuff like blood work and that kind of thing to a place like that. Honolulu, same thing. Uh, it's an, you know, in, in our, my opinion, it's a great territory to do business because the, the market definitely needs some creative healthcare providers. You know, a customer and, box there and a, and a big studio, and that's all I can say about that because we have to, you know, we haven't announced that. But what I can say is the longer term prospect in a place like Hawaii is we can bring some unique services in, in an area that is looking for for some some differences. Well, you uh, you you just answered my question because I was going to ask you. Who is the customer? But I guess we're gonna have to wait for you to for you to announce it. Uh, if by the way, if they need any uh, leading Greek men in whatever you know productions are going on out there, make sure to refer me. Okay, just send this as an addition tape. I wouldn't mind a side gig of acting in Hawaii if it's possible. Well, I'll, I'll see what I can do, George. I'll, I'll do my best. Is that is that a is that a kind way of saying no? <laughs> That's a kind way of saying no. But uh, I, I will persevere. You know, I'll get there sooner or later. In the Chicago news, you also said. In addition to new opportunities, new opportunities at the Fortune 500. So you went to Chicago because you've got existing customers who want you there, and you're set. But you know, can you talk about new opportunities at the Fortune 500? I know you can't be specific with names, but you know, uh, talk to us about how the fo- your pipeline with Fortune 500s in terms of interest and proposals in in bloom. I will say, like I said this earlier, we haven't received a no from anybody. You know, when we talk, start talking to, it generally tends to be VP of, you know, HR, kind of those types. Uh, and what we're getting now, and this is, and I'm definitely hearing this as a beat among all the HR executives I speak to. So without kind of naming names and getting, being too leading here about what's coming, because there's some exciting stuff in the works. The HR professionals now are all telling us the same thing. C-level buy-in uh, is suddenly becoming something that, they, that, they're, that they're getting used to, which they, you know, typically... You know, you're CEO of a corporation, you got 3,000, 10,000 people, 20,000 people. HR administers health insurance and does benefits and that kind of programs and organizes kind of day-to-day stuff. And then, of course, there's also the additional overhead of dealing with just general employee, you know, hiring, firing, payrolling. That's what HR has always done. But the world has changed on them. 
they're now in a situation where they they recognize at the very least as soon as the sea level gets you know starts to get in the story from someone like ourselves that there are bigger problems in, in play here you know diabetes for example is a major issue yeah um you know which is also quite often linked to similar problems like heart disease where you know someone if they have you know they're pre-diabetic there's a good chance there's other health problems going on and that's just unfortunately just a fact of life you get into the areas where we operate, you know, we're in the southeastern U.S., the rates tend to be somewhat high. It's just, a, you know, the nature of higher volumes of population, but then also lifestyle and some other things. This is now becoming a very hot topic um, on corporate America. Our challenge is not reaching big customers. Our challenge is making sure we're well-equipped when we get there. And that's why we've been steady and careful about who we announce, but also not taking on more than we can, we can chew because we want to make sure we can execute. I mean, this is healthcare, after all. And you have to be able to deliver it. But the, so the exciting part of it is there's a ton of runway for our business. Would I be overstating it if I said it seems like Bloom is either on the verge of going viral or going viral in the old fashioned word of mouth sense mm -hmm. with the HR? Because you're right. I mean, that's not, that's not a big it's not that's not a big fraternity. But with the HR professionals of major corporations around North America, is it fair? Am I overstating that? I was just at Health Benefits Nation uh, conference last week. I spoke on a panel uh, last Thursday that was it September the 15th. Uh, it was pretty exciting. It, it, I will say this, the feedback we got after our panel when I talked about some of the principles of what, what the workplace challenges are and then how it really takes a business mind to understand how to work healthcare programs around how businesses work. Um, incredible feedback. I will, I will say that. So without kind of answering directly, do I feel like we're going viral? We're definitely getting talked about because I'm definitely hearing back. And the feedback I, I got from, especially there where that is a, a really a, a human resources conference, you know, the feedback we got was, you know, we haven't, we've never heard it presented this way. This is very new. And it's nothing against the healthcare system. They've just done things a certain way for a very long time. We just have a very different view of this, which is looking to keeping people operational. And be having healthcare becoming a function of, of running somebody's business. We certainly have done it during COVID. You know, we did some very different things, especially way back at the beginning, where we put up trailers outside of movie studios and all kinds of stuff. Imagine, imagine. We're not afraid to do that kind of stuff. So that really that DNA in our company is, is is that's we're taking forward into operational health. Well, it's fair to say that look, everything evolves, everything, everything, every industry. So healthcare, you know, like you said, no offense to healthcare, but that's got to evolve. It's been okay, but it's got to evolve. It's a new world, new technology, new things. And it seems like Bloom is right there. Normally at this point, I would say, Andrew, give us a look at what's going to happen, you know, what, what, what things look like into the end of the year. But I think you've pretty much made it clear that you're going to be back on pretty soon because there's a lot going on. So thanks for joining us today. Congratulations on a record Q3. Congratulations on hitting your guidance after the first nine months uh, and can't wait to have you back on because it seems like, I don't know the dates, but it seems like we're going to have you back on shortly. So can't wait to have you back, my friend. Hey, always a pleasure. Thanks, George. To everybody at home, you've been watching or you've been listening by podcasts on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform. To Andrew Morton, the CEO of Bloom Health Partners, trades in Canada, BLMH. For our friends in the US, BLM, BLMHF. For those new to the story, because you saw those massive numbers and you got to know more, you should do your due diligence, get to the company's profile page on Agoracom. You know, uh, operational health and health technology is a burgeoning. It's new uh, and Bloom's leading the way. So you may not know a lot about it. We've got it all broken down there for you so you can understand that. And once you've got that foundational knowledge, 
head right over to the company's website, do your deep dive due diligence. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you next time. Hey guys, this podcast is over. But don't forget to help your company by liking it or even leaving a comment. And then don't forget to help yourself by following us on Spotify, Google, Apple, or on your favorite podcast platform so you will never miss another one great Agora Gomez Small Cap Podcast.